Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. And during the few moments that we have left... We want to talk right down to us in a language that everybody here can easily understand. It's very important that we remember not only the legacy of Road Warrior Animal, but his brother as well. And, ladies and gents, it's going to be a very long time before we see a dominant tag team like the Legion Doom. Like, well, they are the same thing, but the Road Warriors, same concept. And I hate to say it, you know, there probably will never be a tag team like them. And no, we're not going to mention comparisons and contrast tonight to the Road Warriors and Legion of Doom. However, you grew up knowing them from the AWA, NWA, WCW, WWE. 
New Japan. Those guys were a terror to phase back in the day, and I think a lot of workers can attest to that. So for those of you who don't know who Road Warrior Animal is, and you just see them on the Legend slot or selection on 2K, there's so much more to them. And I'm going to stop right there by saying, you know, he's gone too soon. He died at 60 years old. And uh, there probably won't, like I said, there probably will never, ever be a tag team that could captivate you, make you get up out of your seats, take a picture with your Polaroid camera or your we didn't have phone cameras back then, folks. We had camera cameras. So if you got to see Legion of Doom in action, you're probably the luckiest son of a bitch in the whole wide world. I remember watching them in New York. I remember watching them from the nosebleeds and just hoping that my camera could zoom in, catching the Doomsday device because it was so cool. Now, uh, we do have a show tonight, so without further ado... Our condolences to family members, Mr. Laurinaitis. Make sure that, you know, our prayers and thoughts be with him. So, tonight, folks, we shall begin with an AEW and NXT review. First, I'm going to start with AEW, then I'm going to switch gears to NXT. So... Oh my. I'm going to just switch to this article just for a second. Latest episode of Friday Night SmackDown saw some pretty great matches. Well, main superstar stole the show, blah, blah, blah. Miz and Morrison. Okay, the awesome one explained. So, okay. Miz tried to escape, blah, blah, blah. Miz tried to reveal all part of the plan. The nearly naked Miz shamefully picked up his clothes, ran backstage. Um, this is kind of funny, but, you know. What the hell, dude? Why did someone send me this article? By the way, folks, if you want a message, it's Russell underscore radio on the Instagram. Train 5000 also on Instagram at Brian Rails on Twitter and at Wrestle Radio Network slash Off the Rails Uncensored on Twitter as well. So tonight, <clears throat> NXT AEW. Let's get it started, shall we? Come on, we gotta gotta get going with this show, okay. September 29th, according to Forbes, return of Cody to laid waste to the Dark Order, new black hair. Not that such a good look on Cody. I mean, it looks better than anyone else. 886,000, 1.016,928,813,755. So AEW is winning the ratings war. So AEW Dynamite actually though their YouTube viewership was down from four million six hundred eighty two thousand one hundred eight views to two million three hundred eighty six thousand eighty seven. Most viewed John Moxley gets jumped. 
I don't know, understand why this is going on, but anyways, the great thing about the best man gimmick is Miro can still use the term best man even after they split. Okay, um, so Cody Rhodes returns. Forbes change side seats. I think because look, I have it on DVR, so. I usually watch replays late, so Moxley versus Kingston. Wow, Eddie Kingston. This is pretty cool. Here's the place. Check results, content, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so Jacksonville, Florida, where Jake Snake, Roberts, and Taz have joined forces. Interesting. So Taz and Jake the Snake, that's an interesting combo. One can choke you out, one can DDT you. Um, okay. This is going to play tricks with my mind all these lines through the review, but why do you guys have lines through review? That's my question. John Moxley will defend the world title against a man who's never eliminated all out casino battle royal Eddie Kingston. Okay, who cares? There we go. An upset in two minutes flat. We are back on the freeway foot to the mess. Who cares? Chip Sabian makes his entrance flanked by Penelope Ford. Would you get to the fucking point? Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss versus Kip Sabian and Nero. That's an interesting match. So, standing armbar. Okay, who won? Who won? Kip Sabian and Miro win by submission with the accolade from Nero on Sonny. Is that? Is there any way you can rename the move? Just curious, because. Didn't he use that name in WWE, and can't they come after him for rights? Or maybe can't they? I don't know. Eddie stayed with the fighters, blah, blah, blah. Enter John Moxley. So Hangman Adam Page versus Evil Uno. A bunch of other Dark Order members, including Colt Cabana, Anna Jay, and John Silver, watch from the stage. Yada, blah, blah. Who won the match? Eggman Adam Page wins by pinfall with the buckshot. <clears throat> Mr. Brody Lee versus Orange Cassidy, AEW TNT Championship. Um, okay, who won? Mr. Brody Lee wins by pinfall with the discus lariat to retain the AEW TNT Championship. So this is like a similar championship to the 24-7 title, right? No. Okay, so what do we got? Ah, here we go. Backstage, Brody Lee's supposed to be interviewed, but he just cuts a promo. Okay, who cares? I'm trying to give it a fair shake, but I just want to watch it on DVR just to get a, you know, an idea, folks. So, it says, Hardy says he can go for it. Private Party tells him to cool it. So this is their version of Street Profits, really? Um, hmm. Let me just, I'm just skimming through this. Diamante and Ivalice versus the crew, Sheeta and Thunder Rosa. Wow, you guys actually have an established women's division. And are people going to know who Ivalice, unless you're not a wrestling fan, is? Diamante, okay, so let's see, the match was pretty both back and forth. Kiro Sheeta and Thunder Rosa won by pinfall, sliding me from Sheeta on Diamante. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know whether to laugh or cry because AEW's women's division is such the, uh, you know, it's an attempted women division, but 
you guys, I'm sorry. Unless people are intrigued with, I thought it was really decent. Like, mm, it depends. It depends. So, Eddie Kingston versus Moxley for the AEW World Championship. Um, I'm going to take a gander out here without even reading the results. Because... <laughs> So Moxley won by submission for the Saka Otoshi to retain the AEW World Championship. Uh, you know what? There's mixed reviews on AEW for a reason. One, because they just, you know, their viewership is based solely off of, is this entertainment? And I do like Chris Jericho. I think he is an amazing dude. Uh, Cody Rhodes. It depends, you know, which business acumen he goes by, similar to Chris. And, yes, I will mention NXT later on, my friend. But to review their entire show, so Brody Lee retains a championship that's similar to the 24-7 championship in WWE. The women's division in AEW is a joke. I'm not beating around the bush. No one knows who the fuck they are, except for if you religiously watched MPJW and even then, that's not where they all came from. But you've got people like Britt Baker. So again, like I said, there's a lot of people from the May Young Classic, a lot of rejects from NXT UK. So I'll bring it home. Did I enjoy the show? Well, let's see. Can I say I enjoyed it because, well, I had mentioned earlier I was going to watch it on DVR. For those of you who enjoy AEW, look. You've got to watch the competition, and the competition has to be at their best in order for things to get fun. It's not fun when it's a lopsided victory, right? The only problem, unfortunate, is, you know, fans are leaning more towards AEW because they want gore, they want hardcore, they want people to go be more organic. In other words, speak from the heart, take jabs at the company you used to work for, and on top of that, <clears throat> Give it a go with a promo, right? Because you got to be able to talk in order to capture the moment. There's lots of dudes in there that have been working since they were 16. Chris Jericho has been training since he was 14, 15. Dude's wrestled in Japan. He's won multitudes of championships in New Japan, WCW, AWA, NWA, uh, Smoky Mountain Pro. I mean, just take a gander at Chris Jericho's resume. And he's not the only AEW dude that I like. I do have an affinity for Moxley because the dude does not care who or what you are. He's going to beat the crap out of you no matter what. There. Like I said, I'm very back-and-forth, mixed-emotions type with AEW. I don't like them entirely because... That wrestling can mimic one another. I don't give two flying fucks, but to say, and this is going to bother me, if I don't let it off my chest, I've already let it off once, twice, three times, four fucking million times. AEW is very reminiscent of WCW. Minus Goldberg, minus Hogan, minus... <clears throat> some big names. There are big names in their uh, organization, otherwise they wouldn't be floating, right? 
there comes a point in time when you gotta call someone out on their shit. And then there comes a time when you kind of have to be like, okay, maybe I shouldn't say it if I ever meet him in person. Cody Rhodes, you said at the podium when AEW first began, we are not going to be overly saturated and bloated with former talents from WWE. Yet here you are, saturated enough, my friend. Sean Spears, Britt Baker, there are several more that I list off, dude, that are cast-offs from WWE. Orange Cassidy, EC3, Miro, Jericho, Yourself, Hager, Brody Lee, Moxley. Oh, my God, the list goes on. Vicky Guerrero. <clears throat> I can name a few more. Jazz, Taz. They weren't considered WWE because they didn't stay in long enough. Program's fine. Like I said, I watch DVRs of AEW so that I could report it to you when I actually think. Some matches are the drizzling shit. Some matches are cool. Some matches are comedy worth. But, you know, or like I said, Orange Cassidy. This may be the few things that I actually agree with Jim Cornette on. That fucker reminds me so much of Enzo Amore, but with hands in the fucking pocket and sunglasses. Talent? I don't know. It takes a lot of talent to do a flip with your hands in your pocket because knowing me, probably not. Knowing other people, probably not. Is it unique? Is it different? Yes. AEW is definitely unique. They're also not so bright. You're going to run yourselves into the ground if you have so many matches without fucking rules. And also... Saying the time limit before matches, that's um, that's very, very old school. There's nothing wrong with it. Do I like Chris Jericho? Yes. I just answered that question. Do I have respect for Cody Rhodes? Yes. But I also, <clears throat> I also believe that tonight's show is a prime example. So subtly taking jabs at the company you used to work for, and Jericho says, we don't bash the company over and over again. Kind of funny because they can get away with it because he bought all the rights to everything that was Chris Jericho. Like I said, I'm very back and forth with AEW and the show tonight. Had elements that um, could either captivate you um, in the women's tag team match. If you don't have titles, Maybe it'd be a best idea to quit having fucking tournaments. If you haven't already learned your lesson from your counterpart, tournaments that already have the favorites because there's less people due to the coronavirus. Tonight, let's get past the negative, shall we? So NXT, you would think the logical decision would move Rhea Ripley into the the shot with Io Shirai, have her lose, go up to Maine. I'm just putting scenarios in my head, but there was a battle royal tonight, and Casey Catanzaro might as well be the next uh, female Kofi outside of Naomi. I mean, there were some near misses for eliminations from Casey Catanzaro and Raquel Gonzalez. Wow. She basically was dominant tonight and eliminated a lot of females. Thank God Aaliyah didn't win because that would make me think, gee, I wonder if we're taking a page out of the main roster's book. Right. 
So the winner was Candice LeRae, which, you know, that's a good selection. The crowd hates her enough. I don't think really I, – I was hoping, though, that Shotzi Blackheart could have won, but, you know. So tonight on NXT, it started off with the female battle royal, and if you didn't watch it, it's okay. We all have – we all have lives. I get it. I get it. Page side seats. Oh, I like you. I like you a lot. I'm going to read their review and see what they say. I hope they get to the fucking point. So, there's number one contenders match featuring. Oh, they advertise the number one contenders match for the NXT Championship. So, there's a lot of number one contendership matches for tonight. There's Finn Balor, the first ever Gauntlet Eliminator with Kyle O'Reilly, Cameron Grimes, Bronson Reed. Timothy Thatcher and Koshida to Shirai. Let's see. Then you had Io Shirai's number one contendership match with Rhea Ripley, Dakota Kai, Candice LeRae, Tegan Knox, Shotzi Blackheart. And it also advertised Jake Atlas uh, and Ciampa. You had the battle that started off the night. The winner was Candice LeRae. She actually barely eliminated Shotzi. That was a good back and forth. I actually liked the uh, – I didn't mind the result because I knew it was coming. Candice is getting the push to main, uh, main. No, not quite, but she is getting a push somewhere. If she beats Io Shirai, well, we knew it was coming, correct? Anyways, moving forward. So Fandango dressed up like Sherlock Holmes. I love – you know what? That's what I had been missing, you know, those two having fun in the back. Especially Sherlock, 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 Sherlock Rizongo or whatever. And then uh, GM, so confused. Birch explains they made a vernacular regal approves. Birch and Roddy versus Mendoza and Eichner. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa versus Jake Atlas was next. I love the new attitude. Actually, we haven't seen this attitude from Ciampa in quite a while. Atlas got beat by pinfall and so Shoppa hit the fairy tale ending and you know what I miss Mauro Ranello because he could give some very strong commentary during Ciampa's match anyone's match I miss you dude Roderick Strong and Danny Birch versus Fabian Eichner and Raul Mendoza you talk about an odd pairing folks I don't know where Undisputed is dude I just read the results so if you have any questions it's Russell underscore radio um and then, okay, so Oni Larkin and Bobby Fish's regular partners get an entrance, but can't agree on a fist bump or a handshake. Oh, this is funny. So they gave, you know, a bit of a different look. Um, so Danny Birch and Roderick Strong defeated Fabian Eichner and Raul Mendoza. Birch and Larkin will face Undisputed Air for the right to challenge Brizongo for the tag title. This is so weird. This is like backwards glance, you know, a couple years ago when Roderick Strong was paired with a, you know, separate member from NXT. Damian Priest versus Austin Theory. Okay, I you know what, Austin Theory, wow. Damian Priest beat him and then Priest is celebrating again and slides in with super kick out of nowhere. Okay. And he mocked Damian Priest. So it's a good teaser for next week's takeover. So then Shreveler catches up with Shirai, who rants about her takeover challenger in Japanese. 
So we're you know, in the back, Gargano and Damian Priest have to be separated, blah, blah, blah. It's probably going to lead to a mixed tag match next week. But, um, folks, I got to say, tonight's show, both AEW, or shows, I should say, AEW compared to NXT. They gave it a go. I got to watch and DVR AEW, but just reading the results, I can tell you from both sides, at least, you know what, we have entertainment. And from that perspective, you know, okay, I'm not going to sugarcoat shit. It's just not the same. But at least, you know, like I said, I'm very back and forth with wrestling. I still love it. I can hate on it, just suggest things maybe because if I notice anything you know, speaking of WWE and I'm going to get into this as best I can why? Because the faction issue in WWE is really you know, it it can be worked upon and and I realize that man but, you know, this is me show so this is the part of the show where there is the expletives featured, inappropriate language, not suitable for minors under the age of 18. If they do decide to repeat any part of the expletives that have been discussed during the show, it ain't my fault that they end up in the principal's office with their mask tugged on backwards. Again, folks, please do not repeat any of the expletives used during this frame of the show. Any likeness or reproduction and recordings of Off the Rails Uncensored or reproduction thereof will be fined in a civil court of law. You will be fined $45, and that $45 will be afforded to moi. So, without further ado, folks, it's time to get into the mental mindset of me. Who the fuck else? Buckle up, fuckers. I cannot guarantee that you will not feel offended and if not, you know, or telling me to S you know, shut the fuck up. Well, it's my show. So anyways, <clears throat> monkeys in the truck, if you would please, let's give her a go. You get Okay, folks, so in wrestling, there are factions, and there are reasons for factions. There are good factions and bad factions, you know, heel, babyface, whatever the fuck you want to call it. I just call them fancy schmanders. No, I don't really call it that. I just call it fancy schmancy, simply because, no, I don't even call it fancy schmancy. I call it a way to emphasize entertainment through wrestling. So, in other words, a group of people, three, four, five at the maximum, 
If you got more than five, boy, they better fucking fit the concept of your fucking gimmick. If not, then the group serves no purpose. What is your MO? What is your message? What Not only your catchphrases, but what message are you trying to send to not only the audience, but the entire fucking locker room? Uh, you knew this was coming. Retribution. Retribution, folks. A group that could be good if you salvage them through means of you need to really, really shrink the number of people that are involved. And seeing as how we don't know who the leader of the group is, because that hasn't been determined yet. Should we just take a time to say, okay, maybe, maybe, WWE would take the time instead of just rushing it on the paper. It would be better. So there's let's see anonymous members. So August third. At the Performance Center was when this shit began. And um, this is the sad part. So on September 21st, 2020 episode of Raw, the dubbed leader of the group, T-Bone, formerly Donovan Dykojevic, had signed Raw exclusive deals. They were allowed to do whatever they pleased in the contract. In the main event, Retribution had their debut match against the Hurt Business and lost via DQ. T-Bone poked Bobby Lashley in the eye. Retribution revealed more members. Mercedes Martinez, Shane Thorne, Dio Madden, Donovan Nikojevic, Mace, Dijak, now T-Bone, Thorne, and now Slapjack. Okay, um, so you didn't want sanity because the vision wasn't there, right? The crowd was not receptive, really. Um, yet we've had injections of poison, you know, NWO, D-Generation X. It's hard without a fucking crowd to gauge this group. And two, they're like, well, I like this gimmick. No. And, eh. I'm not going to hold back because with the members of this group, they're not bad at talent-wise. It's just the positions that they've been put in the company. I wonder if it sounded something like this. This is what we have for you. This is what you're going with, and this is what you're going to do. I don't think you would question getting paid, but to, to give them a unique look. There's nothing not unique about Donovan Dijakovic or Dijakovic, Mia Yim, Mercedes Martinez, <clears throat> but to give them nicknames, T-Bone is uh, the ideology of a faction in WWE is really just as bad as an ideology of a faction in AEW. There's not. A problem with having one, you know, presenting what you're going to present and putting them where you're going to put them. Undisputed has been pushed to the wayside in NXT. 
what in the flying fuck is going on, man? You're going to allow someone to take your career, and you're going to get money. There's no shame in that. But this faction of retribution, you want to know something cool? There's a dude who could really propel this. There's actually a few. I could, okay, you want to name a name a few? How about you put Wade Barrett at the helm of retribution? Make it known, since you know he wasn't seen in tonight's commentary for NXT. I don't know if the dude's sick or he tested positive for COVID. Who knows? But come on. Wade Barrett is a part of another faction that could actually help boost a lot of shit, not just for him, but imagine raising the stakes, giving Retribution some actual leadership in the sense that, you, okay, Donovan Dijakovic is not that great on the mic, and you had him speak on WWE Raw for what purpose? To introduce the faction, to introduce the faction, to introduce the faction. We get it. There's a group of vigilantes who don't like the company, and they say they can come in whenever they want. Hmm. Where have we heard this before? And this is why this guy speaks so highly of it. Ironic, right? Let me introduce you to the next fucking concept that WWE is missing the boat on, just like Stephanie McMahon is missing... I don't know what logic to sell stock in when it's time during the pandemic. Why would you sell your stock? I mean, my God, for a multi-million dollar company, or billion dollar company. Anyways, so Retribution. We now know who the members are. Was the reveal too soon? Look, as bad as this is gone, I, I wonder at what cost, it, you know, Retribution comes and goes as they please, so they're kind of like sporadic as far as appearances go. That's not the issue. The issue is how long will they last? Because let's see, you've got the Hurt Business, you've got Retribution, Forgotten Sons, Feuded. I know they're all different wavelengths, dude, as far as on the totem pole for factions. Shield can't be anymore because that was another fucking concept, let's conquer people and go. It's always the same goddamn thing. But can you blame factions for being like that? No, because by themselves, a certain wrestler doesn't look strong. Does it make them look weak if they have other group members participate in said bullshit? Again, I'm not the helm of creative, man. But my thing is, with the way their gimmick is going, I'm going to give it a hard no because you need substance behind your fucking faction. What is the reason? What is the purpose? So you hate the way things are done by the book. You know how many groups have come in already and bursted that bubble for you? I just listed them. You had the Dungeon of Doom back in the day. The Four Horsemen. The full, you know, D-Generation X, the Heart Foundation, okay, this goes on at the oddities, even though that faction was kind of a, you know, a comedy era type thing with a bunch of weirdos and freaks and all this shit, so you had D-Generation X, you had the corporate ministry, you had the corporation, 
The Un-Americans. He has, like, several people, dude, that have come up with factions over the years. And do they last? Yes, because they're fucking draw for the crowd. But at the same time, I just, I just want to point out, if you have any inkling of what comprises a faction in wrestling, you're going to get a shit ton of answers. I'm just going to give you mine. Let's run out, you know, run out of ideas, sure. That happens in a lot of ways, creatively speaking. But when it boils down to, folks, is this faction is just a headache and a half. I mean, there are people that have been critiquing this shit for a while. And they've only been in existence for a month. So you're you're using spot appearances. Well, if you make them appear way too many times, there's bound to be some retribution, no pun intended, from the locker room itself. Why is the Hurt Business, you know, acting as the active baby faces? Who gives a fuck? That's another group that came about in a weird kind of way. So you got Shelton Benjamin, an MVP, and Lashley, and now Saint. At least that group has the contrast, I guess. So is this, you know, like a prerequisite for Survivor Series? Retribution versus Hurt Business because that's the only fucking other faction? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Forgotten Sons. Uh, Undisputed. Imperium. But I don't even think Walter or anybody else wants to participate. I think Walter left. Not sure. So, yeah, you have your factions. And the thing is why I titled it the Faction Syndrome is because there are times in which WWE had to fill in, you know, give fillers like the NWO, for example. You knew the group died when Hogan left. So you could have Hogan versus Rock 1. You never had Hogan versus Rock 2. But I'm I'm just going to point this out. What big name stands out from Retribution? You need... We need to see why Retribution is a group that does it to the ends. Have a mean. I mean, just the ends justify the mean. Is there a reason? Is there a rhyme or reason why there's another fucking faction on the main roster? Because look, you know, you've got groups that could have passed with flying colors in front of the audience, but there was always that one fucking missing element, and I'm referring to Sanity, which is very similar, so you didn't want Sanity, but now you have the you have the foundation and everything that was built by that. I'm confused. I am very highly confused at that. The group that had the crazy mental case, Nikki Cross, and you had Eric Young, Alexander Wolf, and Killian Dane. If you took the blueprint from NXT and brought it to Maine with that group, and this is just my opinion, there would have been so much 
fun. There should have been so much creative room to roam with with Sanity. But now, the same fucking concept with (laughs) Retribution. I mean, it's an interesting name. It's unique. It's different. But, I say but, there's nothing wrong with earning money to, you know, save, you know, the dignity of saying, okay, yeah, maybe, dude, I don't want to do this because the concept sucks. You don't ever say that to the boss. But this concept sucks. And the final decision to actually bring it forward and bring it home, like who in the fuck came up with this in the back room during a creative meeting or talent meeting? Like, okay, I would like to know that because they're not bad people. It's just the decision to keep just keep going with it is going to be really bad, you guys. This is there the ideologies, you know, the story fuse, the story arcs, with the hurt business, really? So there's more members. Did you guys not watch the rise and fall of the NWO? When you let people book, when you let the wrestlers book, it depends on who they are. One is the only number. Why? It's the question begs. Why would you do this? You have every. I mean, you have limited amount of stars that are going to acting or they're doing different various roles or they're staying home, you know, just to be saved. They're quarantining each time, just not just spend time with their families. But you guys know what I'm saying, right? Retribution was an option to get these talents up to the main roster. And I, again, it's nothing negative on that. It's just a question mark. Will this actually succeed? Will it actually start drawing people in with clips and, uh, you know, on YouTube and WWE.com? Because otherwise, AEW is going to keep horse whipping the shit out of WWE and ratings. And Moxley said it best. It sucks when they're down because he's not going to say, ha ha, you guys suck. Although I'm pretty sure that has crossed his mind a lot of times with a smile over his face. But it's like, okay, I do want to point out, folks, that when wrestling groups, you know, it's like, oh, God. I heard, you know, the comments that Roman Reigns said about the Shield reunion. He said, I think that's a one-time deal. And whoever writes this shit is coinciding with the whole work aspect. Well, I guess Ambrose or Moxley really screwed that up uh, jokingly. And he said he messed around and just left us. And then went on to say he doesn't believe the group will ever reunite in the WWE ring. Never say never, dude. I mean, 10 years down the road, you know, for a Hall of Fame thing, if we ever get to get out ever again, it feels like the fucking plague. So that's one thing. But yes, yeah, so I forgot that group. You had the Shield, which that concept got overdrawn to the point which brings me to the point of frustration because WWE is a good company, but their creative decisions over the last few years is what 
has either drawn fans away or actually not drawn fans away, has actually propelled fans to move on or watch it when they can. I mean, you never would believe that so many people flock to AEW. Here's why. Even though there is shit-tastic wrestling some of the times in AEW, for certain people, not everybody on the roster, they get what fans are trying to tell them. It's like you listen to the fans in some regards, not in every single regard, but in some regards. There's a concept called give the fans what they want. In other words, don't just try and entertain. Just give it your best effort. That's all we really want is a story to be t- I just want a story to be told and one that I can follow and not be like one week, you know, a group of people in black ski masks come on, you know, come in the ring they're like, why don't you like any different? It's like, look, I don't dislike these people, but if you want to acclimate your best thing happening to you right now, which is NXT, you need to give them the proper amount of respect, dude. Quit being so fucking stubborn and be like, well, this is how you're going to be on my show and you're going to be like this. Why? This is a jab at fucking Hunter. I never understood why... Retribution had to be so, like, you know, over the top, and they have to reiterate the fact that they're retribution. Come on, dude. We don't have amnesia. We don't have memory issues. And we certainly, you know, some of us would appreciate it if you would just start keeping things simple, stupid. So you bring a faction in out of the eight. Actually, the five or six that you have going for your NXT main roster, SmackDown, that doesn't have any factions, thank the Lord, but the look and gimmick of what they were wearing was so stupid. It looked like something you would see off the movie Judge Dredd or Fifth Element or or the mask that looked like Bane's from Batman. Aside from the few times that, you know, you have or have not tuned into WWE, the only, like, the positives I can say is that at least we know now that Randy Orton's going to win the championship. Said maybe, maybe. But we know that it gave it away with the stipulation. The point is, folks, good, bad, ugly, indifferent can make you cry thousand tears for how shitty it can be sometimes with all the fucking promos going on it all makes you as a fan it makes me go okay maybe I should reconsider watching this shit on a daily basis not because of one bad concept but it's like how am I supposed to enjoy this shit maybe I should just Read the results instead of DV, wasting time to DVR both Raw, SmackDown Live, AEW Dynamite is kind of okay. Like, 
What I'm getting at, folks, is when you have a faction, it has to have a purpose. What is Retribution's fucking purpose? It's to say that we can do what we want, how we want, when we want. So they're giving them free reign. Do that to everybody. Say how they really feel. And like, but then the SEC would come after us. Okay, where was this? Where was this mode of thinking? You know, back during not only the Attitude Era but pre-Attitude Era. No one give a flying fuck if you had gimmicks running around as uh, circus clowns, garbage man. Hell, dude, IRS, Million Dollar Man. Very cartoony gimmicks existed, you know, from the 80s to the 90s, and it was fine for the time period that it was. Then you had the era of, you know, the new generation with Bret Hart, Diesel, Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon. This era now, I don't know if you'd consider, um, sometimes it feels like a talk show instead of a wrestling show, Raw, SmackDown Live. NXT... I, you know, they're trying to reinvigorate the, the stories, you know, with Candice LeRae, Io Shirai, you got Rhea Ripley and Raquel Gonzalez. Sooner or later, there have been rumors floating around that Rhea Ripley's going to move to main roster. What I'm getting at is this faction needs to get some oomph to it. They need someone with a name that could give it, and they need to okay, cut the other members. Cut them the fuck out. You do not need more than five people. If you have ten, that's way too much. That is way too much. That is like having two boy bands actually become a band. A boy band. And instead, of, that'd be like the Backstreet Boys combining themselves with NSYNC and calling themselves, well, a super boy band. I don't know if that concept would ever happen in music, but I mean... It's the same fucking concept, dudes. Ladies, if you would. If you got a faction, three is perfect. NWO, four horsemen, four. DX expanded to five, six, because you had Road Dog and Billy Gunn as a tag team. X-Pac is the lightweight cruiserweight. You know, can, you know, face big dudes, too. Then you had Triple H, the muscle, and Shawn Michaels, the, the antagonist. Is there a label for each group supposed to be labeled a certain way? No. But this faction has... What direction are they fucking headed? We don't even know if they have a fucking compass, but I can guarantee you I need a mental compass just to get through one of their promos. It's like, how do you... How are we supposed to follow this if there's like 10 people in the fucking group? Can someone please explain that magic that we're supposed to comprehend or be wooed by? Five is enough. Just keep core five. Don't overcomplicate shit with this faction. You know why? Because people always say we're open for suggestions, but the minute that we do, there's like no, no rhyme or reason for it. Retribution is a good, great concept. This needs a name. It needs a fucking name. If you don't put a name in there, cool. You guys give me material, good or bad, and that's okay. Because I got seven minutes left. Oh, this is going to be jolly, right? 
things how we're approaching Clash of Champions and takeovers next week. And I just read some of AEW's ratings on air. Pay attention is what you keep hearing, but you don't fucking do it. We asked for more action, you gave it to us. But then you turn right around and give us this concept of a group in which, okay, what? so they didn't like the way they're being treated. Now they're saying we are one of a kind. That's very true. But Dio Madden, like, wow, I mean... I'm I'm at a loss for words because one it's not very often that you see somebody that was not heard from you know this dude was back in NXT when it first was conceived all the big names one time or another before NXT was a thing Look at who I just listed. Wade Barrett. Man behind the concept of Nexus. No. But he was the makeup for it. He was the bread and butter. There was like six or seven people. Is this supposed to be like a replica version concept of Nexus slash sanity? Who knows? I'm in the, you know, I'm completely in the dark just as much as anyone else as to why certain creative decisions get made. But to name someone T-Bone, then Flapjack, did someone not eat breakfast and just go into the office and be like, I'm hungry? I, You know, the one favorite thing of mine about, uh, speaking of concepts, and we're going to take a break and breather from group discussion, (laughs) Bray Wyatt's Firefly Funhouse. Holy shit. He's not taking jabs at Vince, you know, with that puppet. You know, there has to be approval. And also taking jabs at Paul Heyman. I think that's what the rest of WWE need to take a gander at, is that the Firefly Funhouse actually strikes a nerve with certain people. And some may say, well, I approved it so it doesn't bother me. Is bullshit one word or two because you know it does. I want you to be edgy. I want you to be as raunchy as you can on this show. So you can say whatever the fuck you want without any fucking repercussions. You know how much of a breath of fresh air that would fucking be? It actually would make people breathe easier watching WWE shit sometimes. Because... No offense, who are the factions that you've known throughout wrestling history to sit on the microphone after the fucking fact that they made somebody their bitch? Unless, you know, it was like uh, Randy Savage getting beat up by Hogan, for example, in the ring, and you get out the microphone and say, I'll beat your ass, brother, blah, 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 blah. No. You never once saw the NWO get on the mic In certain instances, and promo after that's like when Ronda Rousey picked up the microphone, put it down, picked it back up, started blathering on, picked it, you know, put it back down, and picked it back up again. Do we not get the concept of promo has to fit appropriate action, right? 
For every action, there should be a reaction. And a yawn goes and dedicates itself to retribution. You know why, folks? Because this group is either going to succeed and surprise me and a, a bunch of other wrestling fans, but this is the same shit that gets WWE in hot water. It's not a crime to give folks an opportunity to make money, but these people coming from NXT, they can earn your respect in a different way. They don't have to be put through this bullshit nonsense of we don't like the way things are and we signed a contract. No, you fucking, you know, I get it. I get why they're writing that we we have a contract and we earn the right to be assholes. Okay. I get it. I get it. Me and Yim never won a championship in NXT. Does that matter if you win championships? Because look at Nikki Cross. It took her a hot minute to even be considered for a number one contenders match for the SmackDown Live Women's Championship. How and what bugs me is that, you know, people are like, well they they never caught on. You never gave Sanity a fucking chance. And I'm gonna keep saying it. Without Nikki Cross as your centerpiece for the group, it never fucking worked anyways. So you took away the best piece to the puzzle, therefore the group could not succeed. I know this sounds like one big bitch fest, and I'm going to actually, I'm not calling it a quit just yet. I'm going to keep fucking going. In other words, Retribution needs to have a big name or names. No offense, Donovan, you're a great dude and all, but as the leader of a group, you need to have some uh, ability to be able to speak on the mic, and he does not, folks. And it's like you, you grabbed talent from NXT to do this shit to basically say this is what you're going to be or else you don't get a fucking check. Or, you know, you were chosen for this weird creative experiment, which is, I'm going to be honest with you, it looks like it's going to fucking fail because the direction of this group, there's more than five. There's more than five. Uh, is that why the NXT roster looks and feels like it's deflating? They're not going anywhere anytime soon as NXT. But get where I'm going with this, folks? You need to take your roster seriously when they come up instead of discouraging them by putting them in a horrible ideal of a faction. It's just a combination of Nexus, only it's like the mixed version. Mixed uh, gender, that is. So... Are they going to invade NXT? Are they going to invade SmackDown Live? I don't know. But I do know a few things, and that is if you don't change the way that you do things, conceptualize it, present it to the audience, it's going to be a failure. It's going to be a fucking failure. Maybe, maybe Maybe it won't be a failure. Maybe it will go through. But now it's gotten a mixed review. It's just... I don't know, folks. It's it's either headed for disaster or it's headed for the promised land. One of the two. And with that being said, folks, now I'm going to my show with if you want to become a wrestler today, invest in yourself. You start investing in yourself, you know, join the world-famous Monster Factory. For more information, there is open enrollment for the school, and there are plans that can 
help you alleviate your financial situation. Okay, folks? So, www.monsterfactory.org for more information. The school is located in Paulsboro, New Jersey. If you have any questions, do not email the office at certain hours. Be sure to text message. Oh, and by the way, Danny Cage is a stand-up guy. He's the owner, head coach, and trainer, one of the trainers at the world-famous Monster Factory. Again, for more information, hit up Danny Cage um, on monsterfactory.org, or you can see there's a phone number listed on there, folks, on the website itself directly. So invest in yourself. Make your dreams of becoming a professional wrestler become a reality. All right, folks, and if, uh, with that, we're going to wrap things up by saying, and if you didn't like what good old Brian Reynolds had to say, and I got three choice words for you. Forget about it. All right, folks, time to go to bed because I got to get up early in the morning, get that grind, and work my ass off. Dig it. Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.